All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. We have a very clear line of like mugs I'll use and mugs I won't use. I know. There are certain mugs I'm going to touch. Yes. Basically any coffee mug that um, I can put four fingers in and hold without having to like prop one of my fingers to the side. Mm -hmm. I think it's a mug for me. That's right. You don't have to do the pinky up. You can but we right. But we have one of we have like a set of those mugs at work, and they're all they're all kind of wrecked. And a, I don't know if you've noticed, a lot of them have like pink stains on them. Oh, I never use a pink stain mug. I I will not. And I don't really know how it happens. Like, is the wax from is the wax from that mug like burning onto the mug in the in the dishwasher? I don't know. You realize the pink stains is. Ladies' lipstick, right? Uh, of course, but like, okay. there's there's wax in lipstick, right? Like, mm. how else would the dishwasher not be yeah, washing exactly. that off? Why they, isn't that coming off? They've been through again and again and again. I don't know, honestly. Try on the headphones because they okay. should be working for you now, and you have your own uh, volume knob for the headphones now too. Oh, hey, yeah. sounds okay, right? That's great. Yeah, I can hear myself now. We won't interrupt each other. It sounds like me. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Is that true? Is there less interruptions when you have headphones on? Yes, it, I just find that it. Uh, I don't know if I learned this in school or if it's just something I believe in, but mm -hmm. I think that it services the audio better. I think it helps you, even if just psychologically, it helps you stay present in the show. You know your levels. You're not yelling as much, probably. I think that's true. I think that you don't really have this problem, but some people have a tendency to uh, drift away from the microphone. Is this Ross? He does sometimes, yeah. I find that radio people do it. Oh, like, yeah, that's I, no good. I've worked with radio people who have very, very bad... Uh, Mic attention, and if you're wearing headphones, it's less it's less likely to happen. Although sometimes radio people, I mean, they're always wearing headphones, and mm -hmm. they'll do it anyway. Right, it's, it's your one job. Yeah, <laughs> wear your headphones. Be like an inch away <laughs> and use the microphone properly. Yeah, seems like we just did a podcast, and we kind of did. We we kind of did, and there wasn't a whole lot to talk about that day. And so once again, there's not really a whole lot to talk about. You have notes. I, well, I took like I, I have like seven things I want to hit. These are Emmy's notes. Emmy's notes. Uh, did you watch the broadcast? I did. Oh, wow. Yeah. Start to finish. Start to finish. Good for you. Uh -huh. Fast forwarded through some. Of the, I didn't like watch the in memoriam section. Halsey? Halsey. No? <laughs> no. I was checking out. She was pretty good. I can't figure out what we're going to do with Halsey. I have. <laughs> you know what I mean? What do you do with someone like Halsey? <laughs> I mean, like, culturally, like, she's. I don't She's She's younger than I thought. Like, she got famous like five years ago. She would have been a teenager. Yeah. There's something about her that looks like not 23, but she's 23. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Zendaya. Mm. Oh, damn. Zendaya, yeah. Did you see what Ellen Pompeo said about Zendaya? No. She tweeted and said, go easy on us, sis. It's Monday. With like a crying <laughs> face and like, that was really good. She looked great. A lot of people comparing her outfit to that of uh, Poison Ivy's. In like Joel Schumacher's Batman, yeah, sure. <laughs> was that Uma Thurman? Did it was it, really Uma Thurman played Poison Ivy. Yeah, she was in like a down period before uh, Kill Bill. It was pre Kill Bill, pre Kill Bill, post Pulp Fiction, post Pulp Fiction. Okay, yeah. she she was middling between the Tarantinos, yeah, and s slumming it with Batman villain. Couldn't Actually, quite get it together. Before we get to uh, Emmy's discussion, can we talk about Batman villains for a second? We sure can. Batman characters in general. So a couple of the Batman things concerning the Batman starring Robert Pattinson. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I keep forgetting that that's a thing. It's called the Batman. I'm so game for Robert Pattinson. Okay, but evidence that they haven't learned their lesson not to uh, get ahead of themselves here in this little production company. They've already started work on the Justice League reboot, also starring Robert Pattinson. So they can't just put one foot in front of the other and get mm -hmm. walking before they sprint. Like their biggest problem was trying to keep up with Marvel when they didn't have the infrastructure to do that. They didn't have the, the groundwork for that. Right. Make a good Batman movie and we'll take it from there. It's becoming like Shakespeare a little bit, isn't it? Like, well, we've seen, you know, this person star as as Macbeth, but yeah. we could have so many other people star as Macbeth. Which is true, and I feel that way, and I think that we got a good guy this time. Mm -hmm. There's actually, there's been very few, like, bad actors play Batman. Right. And, you know, a couple of them in bad movies. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be a lot less, my parents are dead, and a lot more <laughs> like, my my parents died a long time ago. You think he's going to be cool guy Batman? I think he's going to be, like, brooding, Cause I think quiet it's, Batman. I think it's a cliche to say he'll be sparkly Batman. That's... That's a very naive, ignorant That's right. philosophy on who Robert Pattinson is artistically. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he's still going to have to play him with a certain level of youth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you hear helicopters he's, now that we have headphones yeah, on? I can hear helicopters. <laughs> it's just so damn hot in I, here. I can picture, yeah, I think uh, he might be the first Batman that smokes cigarettes. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Cloves, specifically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who is that jeweling over there in the shadows? <laughs> I had a thought about jewels the other day. Okay. Um. And obviously they present like a, a big issue for young people. It's remarkable that for like a good 20 years, like several generations in a row, mm -hmm. there wasn't a hundred percent effectiveness, but there was like a solid push towards getting young people not addict, not to be addicted to nicotine. Like they were pretty successful for quite a while Yeah, in not getting a lot of young people to smoke cigarettes. Have we had this talk? We have. Had, okay. And I'm just building up to something. Sure. But, um, but here we are. Uh, regressing again now mm -hmm. that Jewel has become the way that young people relate to one another or whatever. But here's my thought. Jewel can never be cigarettes. And I realized this the other day when I was scrolling through the internet and I found myself uh, looking at a picture of Brad Pitt in Fight Club with his shirt off holding his fists oh, yeah. and a cigarette <laughs> hanging off his that's lips. That's one of the greatest Fight Club photos it's ever. One of the great shots in movie history. And yeah. I was looking at that photo and that is why Jewel will never be cigarettes. You're like, man, that guy's pretty pretty cool. You will never look like that <laughs> yeah. with a vape. <laughs> there was, I remember there was like a Michael Sarah little skit thing where someone was like, it was him and like uh, that other dude, uh, what's his name, Dwight or Duncan? Um, I, I can't remember I his name. Know. He was in Hot Tub Time Machine. I, for some reason, I knew you were going to talk about him. Maybe I knew on some level his name was Duncan. Yeah, and he... Uh, there was a skit with them, one of them smoking and saying, do I look cool? And the other guy's like, of course you look cool, man. It's smoking. <laughs> I think that it helps if you already look cool. That's true. Like like Brad Pitt and James Dean, like these classic cigarette smokers were already handsome. They were handsome without cigarettes too. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and so I guess if handsome people smoked a jewel, no, it's it just made like you want to do it. I bet Brad Pitt could make a jewel look cool. <laughs> this is the great question of our day. That's uh, that's gonna be like the old school fifties jingle that they'll use. Like, <laughs> who can make the jewel look cool? Maybe Brad Pitt can do it. Your family doctor says smoke a jewel. <laughs> It'll relax you at the end of a day. You've earned it, sir. <laughs>
Now blow it in your wife's face and smack <laughs> her on the butt while she Jesus. goes. No, what? I, for some reason, I'm glad you said butt. Like that just made it like it, it softened it slightly it? softer, slightly smack more wholesome. her on her little butt. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of three Batman things I want to talk about. Okay, great. Uh, they've got their eye on a Commissioner Gordon, mm-hmm. and it's Jeffrey Wright from okay. Westworld. Okay, Jeffrey Wright from Westworld. He's the black guy with the beard, and oh yeah, right, right, right. Good actor. Yep. He, like I kind of I see it already. Sure. That's fine with me. Okay, I'm into it. Remember when we had Gary good. Oldman play Commissioner Gordon? Yeah, we got really spoiled with uh, Oldman. I should say we did. Who? Oh, and J.K. Simmons. He played Commissioner Gordon. And what before that? Yeah, he was kind of like he was kind of like the go-to beat character for everything in the 90s, I think. J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons in the 90s? A little, a little bit. What was J.K. Simmons in in the 90s besides Oz? Well, maybe like early 2000s. Yeah, he was the Spider-Man guy and then he did like a bunch of character parts and he was the yellow M&M and yeah. all and it all led up to Commissioner Gordon for a movie and a half. That's right. And now it's going to be Jeffrey Wright's part. Yeah, and I've heard that uh, the next one is actually going to be the Yellow M&M. They've been in talks with Yellow M&M about being Commissioner Gordon. Okay, I like that. Because the voice works. He's going to take over yeah. the uh, the Gotham Police Department. Uh-huh. He's going to turn this town upside down. And like <laughs> villains villains are going to be like, mm, I might eat you. Kind of, <laughs> you know how that's always the, the shtick? Right, right. So it's, uh, Arkham, it's a, a breakout at Arkham Asylum, and it's not... Um, your traditional Batman villains. It's like Tony the Tiger and yes, the Kool Aid guy, Toucan Sam, Toucan Sam, mm-hmm. the M and M's, Scooby Doo from Scooby Snacks, right? Not from the show, no, Scooby Doo, no, no, specifically the food product. <laughs> okay, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> there different. probably was a Batman Scooby Doo crossover in the '60s. It's probably mm-hmm. been done before. Yeah, let's did, reboot that. Did Batman the show have any crossovers with any other show, like the Adam West show? Yeah, it crossed over with the Green Hornet. Okay. Uh, not like MASH or anything. <laughs> I don't think MASH. But they did famously have like a lot of cameos. Like, And the way they would throw in celebrities who wanted to be on the show was when they're climbing up a building and somebody would lean out the window. Right. And so it would be like Sammy Davis Jr. or right. um, Richard Nixon. <laughs> you, no, but like kind of like really famous people. Wow. Nice. I'm trying to think of other people who did it. I, I, I'm sure Frank Sinatra did it. For some reason, I can only think of Rat Pack. People. <laughs> I was gonna say you're, Dean Martin. Yeah, it's a very specific. Joey Bishop, everyone's favorite Red Rat Packer. Yeah, Joey Bishop, JB. Okay, the third, uh, the third Batman thing is they have their eye on a very high-profile movie star okay. for the villain, and we don't know who the villain's gonna be just yet. But do you care to venture a guess? A guess at somebody who's definitely a talented actor, definitely an A-lister, hasn't done the franchise movie yet. Okay, talented actor, A-lister, hasn't done the franchise movie, A-lister. I'm just thinking Brad Pitt, because we were just talking about him. Was in a movie with Brad Pitt, got nominated for an Academy Award in a movie he was in with Brad Pitt. Huh, what movies has Brad Pitt been in? Oh, like Morgan Freeman? No, we're talking about Jonah Hill. Oh, interesting. I to be a villain in a Batman movie. Okay, I can see that. He's kind of like, he's got those like kind of psychopathic tendencies right was played some good scumbags yeah 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 and he does the thing where his eyes get really like fixated when he's right. like angry sometimes have you, you know seen I mean? war dogs uh yeah it's didn't an, like it. it's not a great movie but he's good in it like he's yeah. he's leaning in and he's like fucking crazy yeah it. it had a lot of promise it did it yeah but i don't think miles teller's that good like i think he's peaked already okay and maybe jonah hill's peaked already okay no way. I don't know. Maybe you're right. No, he definitely has not. 
Okay, so Supernatural is ending. Did you ever watch Supernatural? No, I watched zero of Supernatural. I watched Supernatural in like, and I never as a fan, but like I remember knowing people who watched Supernatural literally when I went to Caledonia Junior High. So it's remarkable to me that this show is still on. And so, those two guys look the same. So like 17 years? Yeah. Wow. We're talking that number of years. That's crazy. It's a, really good for them. Mm-hmm. And so um, Jared Padalecki, who's one of the two guys, okay. his new gig, they're wrapping this up, and his new gig is to reboot, showrun, and star in Walker, Texas Ranger. Okay, on the CW as well? Yeah, and I actually think this is a really smart move. I think that this is a great demonstration of knowing who you are and what your road is. Like, you get to keep doing, like, a, a serialized thing. You have a huge fan base. Totally. Of a certain class. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is your arena. We were talking about this the other day with Hallmark Christmas movies. Yeah. There is a guy that... Uh, a friend of a friend of a friend is married to. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is like Jen's favorite Hallmark actor. And, okay. And uh, I asked the friend of a friend of a friend who we were like having drinks with, did you, and I wasn't having a drink at the time. I was drinking like club soda, still doing sober September. Okay, great. Good for you. <laughs> okay. You want me to get to the point? Yes, I very much do. I thought you were going to call me out for that. <laughs> anyway, uh, I asked, like, how how well is he doing? Like, they're like, oh, yeah, he lives in, like, a mansion up in Beverly Hills. Like, yeah. They're doing very well. He also owns, like, a juice company or something as What's well. What's his name? Totally forget. Because, weirdly, I was having a conversation with my mother last night. Uh-huh. She was watching some B movie, some Hallmark movie. And there was this guy who was also famous from uh, a soap opera, like Guiding Light or something. Okay. And he's in a lot of these Hallmark movies. And she got the urge to check his celebrity net worth. And it was less than she expected. But this okay. is funny because in 24 hours, I'm having two conversations about the wealth of Hallmark actors. Right. So I don't know. I'm not sure what his name was. Uh, okay. He was certainly like even someone that I could say was like a, a super handsome dude. Okay. But like, I think I described this guy as uh, Kevin Turkey Bacon. Like he looked like he looked like not Kevin Bacon. You know what I mean? No, no. This this guy had more of like um, more of a almost like Justin Timberlake-y. Oh, okay. Kind of like, like comb back, like five o'clock shadow look. Okay, yeah. all right. Man of the woods. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, why, why did we talk about him? Why, why did he come up? Oh, it's just the money of Walker, like, Texas like Ranger. Not like knowing your lane and just going into that. And how it can be a very lucrative way to be an entertainer. Also a great um, reboot. Like there's not yeah. there's not enough at stake. No. To like really screw it up. No. And it could just take off and be like a really big thing where young people are asking, what was the original Walker Texas Stranger? Well, and much like how they've rebooted MacGyver and Hawaii Five O and yeah. like it it's really safe. Like it's a network thing. It's actually kind of like an extra network thing. Right, but even MacGyver and Hawaii Five O, they probably have some diehard fans. Walker Texas Ranger is like a little more You're right. You know, like that's kind of like tier three it was a corny show yeah but i think like hawaii 5 was pretty corny too and during a time when like magnum pi like a lot of those shows were really corny yeah uh and it and that's understood but right. like this you're right it's still safe because they don't have to make something that's cinematic and right they're and not doing masterful. the princess bride thing no no yeah. one of the few things we can all unite on yeah everybody agrees that's a terrible idea uh, okay, so that's happening, uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. If you were to venture a guess about what percentage of households suspect they will subscribe to Disney+, Plus, what number would you pick? Oh, 20? 
It's 21%. 21%. Oh, it's, was... it's really high. I win. Yeah. Are you going to get Disney Plus? Uh, I'm going to give it, uh, I'm going to wait until the popular opinion tells me to. Okay. I mean, I saw a list the other day of everything that's coming with it fully loaded. And, and we it can get pretty, it. Pretty impressive. Now. Oh there's yeah. A, a November plan. 12th, I think it's when it comes out. It's okay. like, uh, oh yeah. The same time as everybody else. And it's eight ninety nine a month or it's 89 bucks a year, which is two months free. Mm-hmm. And that's way cheaper than Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be coming at us through any other provider not through well, like no it's its own thing oh yeah there's no crossover at all okay no you don't have to get you're like not special... gonna get like the mandalorian on crave i don't think so okay the whole point of this was so that disney could have full ownership over the the streaming of all of their content right um i don't know man maybe you could just share your password with me or something whoa <laughs> whoa this is a public medium i mean maybe we, uh, you can uh, just give, debrief me on it the next day. Maybe I can do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can do that. Okay, back to superheroes for a second. Uh, I mentioned this to you already, and I haven't seen a lot of buzz on this, so maybe it's just a, a rumor mill thing, but Tony Stark coming back for the Black Widow movie? Yeah, you said that. That's the dumbest thing ever. That's so freaking dumb. We, we agreed that it had a good ending. He was gone. Well, and just everyone the, was kind of happy but sad. The ceremony of getting rid of this guy, mm-hmm. like that was a funeral for Robert Downey Jr.'s performance as it was Tony Stark. Like, I know that the Black Widow movie is going to have to be set before anyway cuz she died in Endgame too and nobody talks about that by the way. Right. But and and so I guess she would know Tony. Tony's out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. But really we're going to put him in this movie even if it's just a cameo. That's a terrible idea. Yeah. At least not for like 10 years when it's actually gratifying. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be the villain of this? Are we going back to Hydra? Maybe. I kind of think we're going back to like like, like early she's from Russia. Or remember when she had a Russian accent kind of right. days. Man, what a weird character. How did she continue being in that? Because she's ScarJo? Yes. Okay. For sure. And uh, I'm not against their making this movie. I'm find it a little redundant now i think they mm-hmm. could have done it a long time ago and it would there would have been more demand for it plus now everybody's kind of falling out of favor with scarjo she just cannot take her foot out of her mouth why what's she saying Every, what's well, she doing now? well last week she defended woody allen like she really oh, doubled down gotcha. on woody allen and she has had a number of times where she has like chased after roles or been cast in roles that she's really she doesn't have the right to and then and then she said i think i should play a tree or something there was a thing about a tree <laughs> I quickly cooked up a half-baked idea where um, Black Widow would be a better character if there was some meta thing about her actually being Scarlett Johansson. Okay. <laughs> like people recognize her as Scarlett Johansson. You mean like the OA? Like, yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. Yeah. Like, g- going OA styles. That has yet to been to been done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's break the mold on Black Widow. It's the one you can afford to really mess up on speaking of elaborate uh performance like uh, performative endeavors mm-hmm. i was thinking the other day there has never been to our knowledge a really grand famous person faked death like well, the way not that we know of no i know but like the, the way some people are in denial Heath Ledger 2020 no, well <laughs> sorry <laughs> see maybe his big performance is to play joaquin phoenix playing the joker oh <laughs> Um, the way some people think that Elvis is still alive. I don't know if they actually do. Jim Morrison, Andy Kaufman is a pretty popular one. Yeah. Like it would be pretty remarkable mm-hmm. if like, wouldn't that be exciting if, oh, by the way, we just found out that 
you know, Kurt Cobain is still alive. Man, no, people would be so angry. Yeah, it would be like it would the the tide would immediately turn on whoever did it. You get canceled. Yeah, you you would for sure get. Is canceled. there somebody who whose celebrity death could be condoned? Like they just had to get away from it. Hmm. I mean, like, not for all the wrong reasons, but like Michael Jackson. Yeah, no, that's not <laughs> that's not the reasons you were talking about. He's been canceled posthumously. Right. He wouldn't be warmly welcomed back. No, I don't think, especially not not this year. No, rough year. Yeah, rough year. Um, God, I really can't think of anyone who, who we'd be like, oh, okay, that's, I think Andy Kaufman works. I think Andy Kaufman works because he always said he was going to fake his death Mm -hmm. and then come back like 30 years later. And it's been more than 30 years or something. So it's, it's probably not the case, but like he gave us a warning. He said this was, and he was such a performative guy whose whole point was to make you uncomfortable. Yeah. That, that I guess would be one that, that. Even fans of his would be like, he pulled it off. You did it. Yeah. The greatest thing right. ever. I hope he does. The greatest trick he ever played. That's his biography. Okay. <laughs> all right. That's all I have for entertainment news. Let's just talk about the Emmys. So you watch the Emmys. Did you watch them while they were happening? I watched half of them while they're happening, and then I watched the rest before coming over here. I okay. recorded it. It was a better show than last year. I thought so too. In terms of entertaining broadcast, last year when Jost and Che hosted, I just I couldn't get over how uninteresting it was. Mm-hmm. And last year, for some reason, I found it really uncolorful, like mm-hmm. like just award after award after award. And then last night, it was kind of the same format, but I appreciated that about it, mm-hmm. in that there was no bullshit other than that god awful Adam Devine musical number. Yeah, what was going on it was there? Wretched, like Meryl Street masks and right. a Larry King impersonator on stilts. Um. I liked that it was just award after award after award. And they're all good awards. You know what I was uh, quietly obsessed with? What's that? Was Tom Lennon. Yeah. Doing like I a lot. And he got shit on a ton for it. He did. But I was loving the idea of people going up to the stage to collect and either him like roasting them or just saying something really silly about but what the award meant. So often his quip was so clever that it must have been prepared. So he, he either had the winner list before the broadcast. He. I think he might have had, like, for every category, like, he might have had one written. You think he wrote five expendable jokes per category? Yeah. Oh, wow. Maybe. I really do. Like, I, I don't think they would give that up to him before that. I think he did a really good job. What did you think of his Felicity Huffman jab? I thought it was really funny. I thought it was really funny. People thought it was in poor taste. And come why? On. Like, why are we suddenly protecting her? Yeah. Yeah, come on. Like, that... There was one uh, one other thing that he um he made a joke and I laughed really hard where he said like we're about to find out if uh the variety show host will be like it was something about being he was like will the Emmys finally be woke or are those uh I don't this sucks <laughs> this is why people don't do this because this sucks and then it just cut to commercial <laughs> oh I missed it do you and, think he he flubbed it up I don't know if he flubbed it up but. One of the ladies who was in that category tweeted that she was, like, really upset about it and, like, he wasn't recognizing, like, the women and people of color that, like, could win it for the first time or something. Anyway. Yeah. I saw kind of a Twitter thing going back and forth with them. But I just thought that that was hilarious. And one of my other highlights was... So, so many of my highlights weren't actually people winning things. That's okay. It was just stuff that was happening. Yeah. Like, did you happen to catch the Kim Kardashian 
brutal. Uh, Kendall Jenner thing. Do you, do you remember what the quote was? Yeah. So the the quote was real people, right? The reality yeah. TV is about how real people can just turn cameras on their lives and people laugh. Delivered it totally deadpan yeah. and it got a huge laugh yeah. from the audience and they did not react to that. It no. wasn't like, oh yeah, I guess that seems kind of ridiculous. I watched that clip. I kid you not, probably six times. I kept rewinding it and watching it. It to was com- the laugh. completely unironic to them, but somebody had to have written that that uh, copy with their tongue in cheek. I, I was wondering, like, because I think the the Emmys kind of have comedy writers yeah. for some of the presentations, and I truly think that was one of them. Yeah, I don't exactly remember what the quote was, but it was essentially like they were going to present an award for best reality series. It was like, as our family can attest, yeah, uh, reality show television is all about watching real people be their truth, true selves or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> And they couldn't look less like real people. No, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. No, you're, and they, there was like audible laughter. And it got kind of louder. Right. Before Kendall Jenner started speaking again. <laughs> what do you think of the Anthony Anderson thing with his mom? I just, I, I thought it was like playing it safe. See, I thought it was bad. I, I thought that this show, though entertaining in general, was a good example of why it's not groundbreaking or revolutionary to not have hosts right it kind of worked at the oscars only because we had culturally and um uh just topically kind of backed ourselves into a corner with the whole kevin hart thing and everybody was kind of pissed off about hosts of the oscars in general yeah and so it was kind of a breath of fresh air to not have to sit through some painstaking monologue which may or may not have been good and i'm not a huge fan of kevin hart anyway right uh but that the Emmys took it on too, like this was the new status quo, I already was kind of anxious about. And the show was on Fox mm-hmm. and we kept doing cutaways to like like little vignettes of Fox animated shows like The Simpsons and yeah, Family that was, Guy. That was really That's dumb. super 10 years ago. Like yeah. when Stewie and, and Brian hosted the Emmys 10 years ago. That's I'm not interested in that. In did that, that actually happen? Yeah, it did. Yeah. Ugh. And it was only a quick little bit much like this, but right. it just doesn't impress me much. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Shania. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here's my here's my beef with that song, by the way. Uh is she the only one in the world who's not at all impressed with Brad Pitt? Okay, so you're Brad Pitt that don't impress me. And much. apparently that's, that's the least relatable lyric in music history. And apparently that's that's really about him. Like they actually went on some dates. And he somehow signed off on her using his name in a she he doesn't song. have to sign off on her. She's just expressing a feeling that don't impress me much. She doesn't um she probably doesn't slander him in the song, does she? Or or libel him. Yeah, she talks about how he's, he's like... He's got a mirror in his pocket. Yeah. He's like too obsessed with his looks. Uh, I don't know. And it don't impress her much. It, I guess it doesn't. It doesn't... It, it doesn't... It doesn't dissuade me from being impressed by Brad Pitt. I'll say that much. And then at the end, she's like, it's not like you're Elvis or something. I'm like, okay. So, <laughs> that's, that's, that's your idea of the perfect man. Right. <laughs> flawed logic yeah it's just the song's got holes in it yeah and later on she says okay so you're a rocket scientist that don't impress me much that objectively should impress you a lot even even if he is the worst otherwise he's a know-it-all and stuff the fact that he's a rocket scientist should impress you much and based on the fact that she's saying she pretty much just literally wants a warm body yes (laughs) that won't keep me warm on a long cold lonely night that's you know what does a human being right so (laughs) there you go You got the you got the look, but have you got the touch? The touch. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you have? That's pretty subjective too, Shania. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm impressed by Brad Pitt is all I'm trying to say. Um, oh, uh, yeah. So Fox. Well, and, and while we're talking about Fox, Jenny McCarthy on the purple carpet. Did you see any of the, the pre-show? I did not see any of the pre-show. So the pre-show is a purple carpet instead of a red carpet for some reason. And Fox has little enough self-awareness to know not to put Jenny McCarthy on TV. Okay. Yeah. Um, and she's bad at it in any way. And there was a moment where Christina Applegate had to talk to her and you could tell that she wanted to like shoot herself in the mouth for having to talk to Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. And then Jenny McCarthy got a, like a fact wrong and Christina Applegate made her feel terrible. Which no way. Christina Applegate's the best. She nailed it. But like, you're already Fox. Mm-hmm. Like, can you, can you not be so on the nose that you put the anti-vax lady on your red carpet? Right. And the masked singer. Was she the masked singer? No, no. Sorry. This was another thing. Like the masked singer, they were constantly like bringing out people from the masked singer. I've never seen the masked singer. Neither have I. It's neither of the judges. That's the whole point. Yeah. Right. It's a, it's a big cultural phenomenon, right? Like how how long ago did this start? Because I remember seeing, seeing like previews for it last January. That's as far back as it could go. It's not that old. No, I think, and I think that the previews might have been some weird, like, 20-minute special on this upcoming show of Foxes that they were super excited about, but right. it wasn't actually out yet. But it's just network TV people. Like, yeah. nobody our age watches that show because nobody has cable. Right. It's not going to be, like, Rihanna. It's going to be, like, uh, like uh, Willie Geist or something. <laughs> right. Who's Willie Geist? He's, like, on Good Morning America. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Ken Jeong is on that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Did you watch the, the roast of Alec Baldwin, by the way? No, I haven't done it yet. It's okay. I kind of forgot about I'm it. I kind of cooled on it. Yeah? I'm not, I don't find myself thinking about it that often. <laughs> so maybe it like you should. Kid. Yeah, you know, you should. <laughs> uh, the musical number was bad. Oh, you know who's good and who is always good presenting awards at award shows? Who? Is Maya Rudolph. Yeah, I was gonna, I have that written down as... as uh, Maya and uh, Ike Barinholtz were very, very funny. She always comes out with somebody different who's also funny, and it's always the best presentation of the night. And it also always inspires a get Maya Rudolph and insert other person's name here to host the Emmys next year, the Oscars next year. I'm not sure that's the solution. No. And nothing against her, but I think it's great because it's this little... She can have so much time to come up with one bit. Yeah, the, and it can be perfect. The we just had time. LASIK eye surgery this afternoon bit shouldn't have been as funny as it was. No, I and I started by thinking it was really dumb. Yeah. Like, okay, where where is this going? But then once they started reading the names wrong, that was great. I thought it was really great. Great. And I guess that's all I have. The, the ratings were lowest they've ever been for the Emmys. No way. Ratings low for the Emmys. And it wasn't the worst show. And right. we're going to get into the actual award specifics in a second here. Mm-hmm. But I actually thought it was one of the fairer award shows I've ever seen. I've, I've got a few things. So, okay. Um, Tom Lennon, Kim Kardashian, uh, Fleabag was kind of a highlight. Yeah, of course. We're going to go through yeah. her winning a lot, but, um, Julia Garner. Yeah. How genuine was that speech? That was like the, uh, for, for me, that was one of the best speeches of the night just because of how, how, uh, emotional it made her. So Julia Garner won best supporting actress in a drama series for Ozark. Yeah. It was uh, just so refreshing. So not bullshitty. But she was also in Maniac this year. Oh, yeah. And she was also in... In The Americans. In The Americans. And she was also in Dirty John. Like, this is like... And we've we've actually sang the praises of Julia Garner before. Yeah. I think she is truly phenomenal. She's she's on the come up for sure. She's, she can, she's like in the stratosphere at this point. Yeah, and she can do an accent like nobody's business. Yeah. So when you hear her talk like like she normally talks, it's kind of a throw off. Yeah. But you're right. It was such a genuine surprise. Mm-hmm. 
and she was kind of clunky with the like the little chocolate uh, trophy metaphor. Totally. And and she was shaking and apologizing. And, and by the like, way, later on when, when Jason Bateman won for best directing in a drama series and he like kind of brought it back around. Yeah. He brought back, he says, I'm going to build on Julia's chocolate metaphor. And they're talking about how like we'll we'll break apart this. Yeah. It kind of looks like a He said like like Julia said, I have to talk about uh sharing this little chocolate treat. Right. Which is <laughs> which is the Emmy itself. Yeah. How it kind of looks like it's foil wrapped and I'd like to break it apart and and give bits and pieces to all the other people who helped make this come true. Right. But I couldn't believe Jason Bateman's finish when he says the base of the trophy is my family. And I was like, did you just come up with that now? Oh, wow. Yeah, did I, you, did, I missed that. Did you know that she was going to make the chocolate thing so that you could plan like such a beautiful poetic ending <laughs> to that metaphor? I, yeah, I totally missed that. But he did a good job up there, too. That's his first directing Emmy. Yeah. Mr. Jason Bateman. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch season two of Ozark. I did, and it was less special. Less special. Definitely less special. What other notes do you have? Um, I'll, I'll let you do whatever you have, and then I can kind of cover the rest because I've got the... The only other the thing was the uh, uh, Jarrell Jerome. I thought that was the only other like kind of cool... There was clearly something very special about that. Yeah. So but, he, uh, People were freaking out about Billy Porter and Michelle Williams, too. Uh, yeah. Which I thought you know that they were impactful. But, okay, one thing at a time, though. Okay. Sure. Uh, Jarrell Jerome, mm-hmm. we have not done When They See Us. We've not. Which is the Central Park Five show. Mm-hmm. I kind of didn't know it was out. Oh, really? Ava DuVernay. And he's yeah. the star of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he was an underdog in this category, but it was it was clearly like a triumphant moment. Like the whole... Wasn't the, his name Jarrell Jerome? Maybe you're right. What did I say? Ava DuVernay? Ava DuVernay is the, the director. She's a woman. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, and... Uh, I think he had the Central Park Five there with him. Yeah. And it was like a big thing. Everybody's on their feet. He's just like fresh out of high school, I think. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah. Billy Porter. Mm-hmm. Um, Pose. Pose is another one we've talked about doing on the podcast and we just haven't. For some reason, I knew Billy Porter was going to win this and I haven't seen Pose. Mm-hmm. I just looked at the category and I was like, oh, I know where this is going. And he's now just an Oscar short of an EGOT. Really? Yeah. So he's like a, a because of like kinky boots and stuff. He won like, see, you can easily win both a Tony and a Grammy if your show's a hit, right? So kinky boots was a, a, a Broadway show. Broadway show. I had no yeah. idea. Okay, right. And that's kind of where he became famous from. I guess so. Yeah. Thomas Lennon made a hilarious joke because of the hat he was wearing. It was like, and our sincere apologies to anyone who is sitting behind and slightly to the left of Billy Porter tonight. because of the hat because <laughs> of the hat because it was like <laughs> curved up to the left yeah that was great Michelle Williams won for Fosse Verdon another show that we've talked about doing on the podcast and just haven't mm-hmm. is because we've had such an on and off summer we've missed some of these shows yeah we still probably can to be fair you have brought up multiple times Fosse Verdon and Pose Pose <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I keep bypassing them well you don't have I'm like what about the island <laughs> you don't exercise your veto power on this podcast very often yeah that's true you're pretty agreeable more often than not I'm like let's do these and you're like all right fine and sometimes I hate that I've suggested some of these shows right well and I think that's that's why I like it because if they suck I can go great job man <laughs> look what I had to sit through Michelle Williams is really good and really good speech mm-hmm. uh what we're talking about good speeches. Patricia Arquette always has a good speech. Yeah. Did, yeah. Talking about trans people? No, I was just going to say, does a part of you think that Patricia Arquette is not <laughs> mentally well? No, well, can you can you show your work? Can you elaborate on that? Because she any, doesn't seem happy. I'll say that much. Yeah, anytime she I see her. She seems like really, really troubled. Yeah, anytime yeah. I see her speak, that's right. It, uh, it seems like she's uh, midway through a crisis. 
Yes, but, right. Like, but there's no baseline, Patricia Arquette. She's talking about her sister who just died through this speech. That I know, but also not just died either. Like Alexis Arquette probably died like a year ago. Sure. Well, I mean, it's still very sad. And she says, I'm going to be mourning for the rest of my life. And she wanted to take that moment to celebrate trans people, yeah. which is great. But I see what you're saying. Just one of those uh, dramatic actors who you kind of understand why they're dramatic actors. Right. Because they like embrace the drama in like every situation. I feel like she's like the type of lady who has thrown hot coffee at someone before. Maybe so. Yeah. And she really seems to like these parts lately where she doesn't look anything like Patricia Arquette. Like we watched Escape at Danamora. Yeah. She's good. And then there was another show. Like she won for another show, wasn't it? Like it wasn't even Escape at Danamora. No, the other show is this. It's this based on a real story about a mother who was, I don't want to say protective because that's absolutely the wrong word, but like basically bubble boyed her daughter (laughs) and told the daughter that she had like all of these afflictions that weren't real. Right. Started with allergies and then ultimately like this 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 girl who i think was in her 20s by the end of it uh was living life in in a wheelchair yeah even though she had full like ability to use her legs but she had just been gaslit by her mom right to think that she was um like heavily dependent so that she'd never leave her mom and in real life this this gal killed her mom whoa this yeah this I was talking to a friend about this the other day uh, about parents who... It's called The Act, by the way. Patricia Arquette starred in The Act. The Act. Is she one for a supporting actress in a TV movie or a limited series? I think it's called Funchen's Disease. Oh. Like it's an actual thing where parent And it's a form of child abuse. Uh, Well, it's absolutely a form of child abuse. And it's very disturbing, but she doesn't really look like Patricia Arquette in that either. Right. All right, let's go through some of these. Um, Did you... What did you think of Lorne Michaels? Because I thought he was obnoxious. Um... The the one thing I liked about Saturday Night Live winning in that was Sarah Silverman pretending she was asleep in the audience. Oh, I missed it. Yeah. She was like, it panned to her reaction. And it, it was just her like slouched down asleep. And then like she she like woke up and looked to her right and went, what? Mm. <laughs> it was great. I thought it was ugly when he claimed ownership over Adam Sandler's Chris Farley tribute. Yeah. I thought it was lame when they did it on the show at all. Because it was way better in in the special. In the special, um, but you know, if it was impactful to the family of Saturday Night Live. I guess I get doing it on the show. Mm-hmm. Talking about it in the Emmys has nothing to do with you, Lauren Michaels. But that's this is it wasn't written for your show. Th- it, this is exactly what you, Lauren Michaels' personality is, though, and that's what everyone says. He he does claim ownership over everything. It's a lot about a lot of like, you know, when I was working with yeah. Adam Sandler and mm-hmm. Chris Farley and Paul Simon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. At the yeah. Chateau Marmont. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I found that annoying. I found it really tone deaf when he made a comment about how like the wackiness of politics keeps us in business. Yeah, he, he ended and thanks for the politics too. Yeah, like you put Donald Trump, he was the host of the show during campaigning after some of the worst things he's ever said and done. Yeah. And you hired Shane Gillis to appeal to like like red state voters. Right. So I don't think you're part of the problem. I think you're a liberal elite. And I saw somebody tweet that there's no way Lord Michaels doesn't have at least two hitmen in his phone. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably accurate. Yeah, he seems like a powerful guy. So at one uh, variety sketch series, I kind of thought I love you, uh, not I love you, America. Who is America? The Sasha Baron Cohen would mm-hmm. get a little love just because it was so subversive. Yeah, but no. I no. think it was like a little too far away. Too like, long the ago. The buzz wasn't there. Variety talk series went to last week tonight. I For years, I have known this category to be 
so repetitive. Mm-hmm. Like before John Oliver, it was it was John, John Stewart. Stewart every single year. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing against either of those guys because they both did great shows. Right. But it's just so, it's the most predictable category of the night. And yeah. I'm sure John Oliver is bored of it. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if he ever talks about that. I think he made jokes about it last year. Yeah. I think probably. And, you know, I, I, I've tweeted a lot. I've said on this podcast, I've got real issues with Seth Meyers not being considered in this category, particularly right. over James Corden. Mm-hmm. What, wasn't he? He was nominated for something. He was, For writing, for in, writing. A, okay. in a variety or, or sketch talk series. Sure. Um, but that also went to, to John Oliver. Mm-hmm. Uh, reality competition went to RuPaul's Drag Race, which I think was a little predictable. And that was the hilarious Kardashian moment. Uh, TV movie went to Black Mirror Bandersnatch, which I kind of thought was funny. I was surprised by that, too. Yeah, other options were Brexit, which I'd never heard of, although they showed a, a clip of it and they had like this weird actor I'd never recognized, I'd never mm-hmm. seen before, like being Boris Johnson. It looked bad. Right. Uh, also, was that Benedict Cumberbatch in that show too? Maybe. Looked like it uh, might have been. I kind of thought My Dinner with Hervé might win that, which was um, Peter Dinklage as Tattoo from The Love Boat. <laughs> right, and that's that was the joke that Tom Lennon made. He was like... I just lost my bet for going all in on Hervé or something <laughs> like King Lear and uh, Deadwood the movie, but Bandersnatch, I guess because it was kind of thinking outside the box narratively. Mm-hmm. Writing for a limited series uh, movie or dramatic special went to Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. We kind of expected Chernobyl to do okay, I think. Yeah. There was a lot of like academic buzz around it. Yeah. Directing for a limited series movie or dramatic special also went to Chernobyl. Uh, the little nuclear disaster that could... That's that's another thing that uh, Tom, Tom Lennon got. Tom, he, I think he got some heat for that. That's for what I'm reason. saying. He got a little flack for like making light of Chernobyl. Come on. A long time ago. Yeah. Well, and you're being outraged on behalf of people you don't you don't know. It, it reminds me a little bit of a couple of years ago when we were celebrating the centennial of the Halifax explosion. Celebrating. Right. We we're like commemorating, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it's time for explosion talk on the show show podcast. <laughs> Every now and then you got to talk about the, about the Halifax explosion. Uh, and there was some talk about naming our new sports franchise, the Halifax Explosions, which yeah. I still think is a, a really great name for a Halifax sports team. Sure. And people calling it insensitive. You don't remember the Halifax Explosion. You don't know anyone who remembers the Halifax Explosion. No. It, it has not impacted your family. Maybe it has something to do with the resilience of the people that survived. I think so. Do you think Halifax Pop Explosion is not a reference to the Halifax Explosion? Oh, yeah, exactly. And I think there was probably at the time, people forgot about it, but at the time there was probably some tumult. Probably. Maybe. Although I think we are. I mean, I don't want to be that guy who's like, the outrage today. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what is this? You can't say anything. I think it has gone up a little, little tiny bit. Supporting mm-hmm. actress in a TV movie limited series went to the act Patricia Arquette. Supporting actor in a TV movie limited series went to Ben Wishaw for a very English scandal, mm-hmm. which I thought was a little surprising. I haven't seen a lot of these things, but I, I my pick was for Stellan Skarsgård just because Chernobyl had kind of been cleaning up in that moment yeah and i also thought paul dano escape of danamora could probably come in and yeah yeah he was good ben stiller's he kind of got shut out at the emmys and he really made a play for it like he's been working on this thing and promoting this thing for a while he's Mm -hmm. done the rounds a few times his bob bob newhart thing was uh pretty funny it was pretty funny that was good i thought he was still pretty good and i thought norman lear looked pretty good too like there's a risk i didn't see norman lear around he came out with um marissa tomei towards oh yeah oh that was him yeah, oh. like he's officially the oldest Emmy winner of all time. Mm-hmm. 
Like, there's a risk in letting those people come out. I remember a couple of years ago when she was alive, Mary Tyler Moore came out to, like, say thank you for some kind of lifetime achievement. Yeah. And it was hard to watch. It really? was like, oh, she can't see anything. And it's like, even when Betty White does it, it's like, do you know where you are? Did you say Marissa Tomei came out to win? No, Mary Tyler Moore. Mary Tyler Moore, but right. Marissa right, right. Tomei was out with Lorman Lear. Yes. Last yes. night. Right, right, right. Actor in a TV movie went to Jarrell Jerome for When They See Us. Mm-hmm. So that means he beat Benicio Del Toro. And why was Benicio in a different category as Paul Dano? I don't, it's one of those. It's it's like Mahershala Ali. Thing, yeah. It's the Green Book thing. That's so dumb. But speaking of that, uh, Mahershala Ali for True Detective. Actress in a... Oh, did he win? No, he was. Oh, okay. he, he lost he to Jarrell Jerome. Yeah. Also Sam Rockwell and uh, Hugh Grant mm-hmm. and uh, Jared Harris. Actress in a TV movie limited series went to Michelle Williams uh, over Joey King, Niecy Nash, and Junie Ellis. Patricia Arquette and Amy Adams. So there was a little bit of bitching about Amy Adams having lost yet another award. Oh, okay. But oh. Sharp Objects, that was a long time ago too, man. Yeah. She was good in it, but I, it was one of the only shows that I actually watched out of that whole category. Yeah, and, and I don't know. I, I've said before, I actually, I actually kind of don't always get Amy Adams. Right, right. Vice, yeah, I thought she was great in Vice. Best limited series went to Chernobyl. Directing for a comedy series uh, went to Fleabag. So now we're entering into Fleabag's uh, little winning streak. Right. Writing for a comedy series went to Phoebe Waller-Bridge. You did suspect that she would probably I clean thought, house. I thought she was having like, and, and she was an underdog in a lot of these categories. Well, she was. And the first two awards of the night went to Maisel. And I was like, here we fucking go. Right. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's just like, because the Emmys are so perennial and repetitive. Right. And it's nothing against... Well, it is a little something against Alex Borstein, frankly. Like the, it's. I don't think it's that subversive that her character says the c word. Like I, right. It's it, the show's good, mm-hmm. but it's not breaking ground anymore. As long as as long as Fleabag is on the air, right? Which yeah. It's, which it's not anymore, and it's only going to get one shot. Mm-hmm. Um. So Phoebe won one Emmy there. Supporting actress in a comedy went to Alex Borstein. That was a heavy category. Um, Sean Clifford from Fleabag. Anna Klumski from Veep, Olivia Coleman from Fleabag, Betty Gilpin from Glow, Sarah Goldberg from Barry, who was never going to win, but she's no. just so remarkable. Uh, Marin Hinkle from Maisel and Kate McKinnon from Saturday Night Live. Uh, supporting actor in a comedy went to Tony Shalhoub, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, over Henry Winkler, who won last year. Mm-hmm. So it was probably one of those two guys. Right. Yeah. Um, and Shalhoub got it. Which is fine. I think I, I actually, anytime I've watched Maisel, He's really great. He's a good I, guy. I, I, I kind of think he's excellent. Um, actress in a comedy, of course, went to Phoebe Waller-Bridge, which is what I wanted. Really, I just didn't want... I don't know who I didn't want. I, I You didn't want Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I, I didn't, but I would have understood it. Yeah. and I she, think that's kind of she was kind of the heavy favorite. Yeah, just because of the perennial nature of the Emmys. She, and, well, she's won so much, and this is her final season... Right. Who knows when she'll be nominated again. And she again. beat cancer. Right. And it was also her totally. opportunity to become the winningest actor in television right. history. And a lot of times they're just looking for the headlines post that. But right. honestly, I think it was smarter to give it to Fleabag. I think that Julia it, it still has an opportunity to win something else. Like, totally. I'd be surprised if she stopped winning Emmys at 52 or however old she is. True. She's probably older than that. Uh, actor in a comedy series went to Bill Hader. That's two years in a row. Yeah. That's not a fluke. He's big. just a great actor. It's really good in it. Yeah. And somebody was talking on the internet today about how the whole premise of Jonah Hill's roast of Bill Hader at the James Franco roast in Comedy Central a few years ago yeah. was how stupid you were to leave SNL. Right. 
because now you're just going to do like T-Mobile commercials. Yeah. And it just couldn't. I mean, it was a funny joke at the time, but yeah. like it couldn't have veered farther from the couldn't from be the more truth. Wrong. Comedy series uh, Fleabag, best mm-hmm. comedy series on television, which yeah. I think was a big deal. Yeah, after her first, uh, <laughs> the second acceptance speech from her was really funny. The oh. acting is really hard. <laughs> she was just doing the same thing she was saying about writing. Yeah. Well, and when funny. she when she won, it might have been the first time, might have been the second time. She's trying so hard not to say the F word on TV. Right. Yeah. She's trying so hard. Um, and asked again later on, will this motivate you to work on a third season? And she said, no, this confirms I shouldn't do a third right. season. Yeah, no. <laughs> this is as good as it could be. And she, she shouted out Hot Priest. Big shout out to, to Hot Priest. Uh, writing for a drama, drama, seri- drama series went to Succession, which I found kind of funny. Do you think, weirdly, just back to Fleabag for a second, do you think that priest performance in any way is going to influence kids to become priests oh god <laughs> it, or young adults i don't know about that but i and i have a hard time imagining somebody who's like considering becoming a priest like mm, me too like finding fleabag and being like this is a great show i want to watch this right um especially like considering the opening scene of the first episode of the series mm-hmm. um but i it it might a little bit enable some some less than ideal behaviors to exhibit in a priest. Sure, I can drink. It's very off-putting in the opening scene where he's just like saying the f word a bunch, and they're not, it doesn't matter at all that he's like so profane, right? And like the season carries on to be about how like he's there's obviously this like intense sexual heat between the two of them, yeah. And that would be drawing that would be like crossing the line, but yes. he crosses the line so much through the whole totally. season, yeah. And of course, um, funny that Fleabag was so successful. Uh, on the Fox network after all the Fox stuff in season two of Fleabag. Kind of funny. Wait, what is all the... F- oh, right. the f- Yeah, the Fox. Stay with oh me. Oh, my here. God, it's a Fox. Yeah, sorry. Uh, directing, Keep up, Slaney. Directing in a drama, drama, dramedy, drama series. Jason Ozark. Jason Ozark. Uh, <laughs> Jason Ozark himself. Ozark. Jason Ozark. <laughs> Jason <laughs> Bateman. Yeah. It says Jason Bateman Ozark on my page. Uh, Julia Garner, one for supporting actress in a drama. Supporting actor, Peter Dinklage. Did this surprise you at all? You know, it uh, it kind of did. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was just kind of one of those. Like, that was in place of the Julia Louis-Dreyfus thing. Right. I was like, oh, just give it to Dinklage. I kind of thought that it was a smart move, assuming they wouldn't give uh, best drama series to Game of Thrones. We can right. talk about that in a second. But mm-hmm. I kind of thought, well, like, this is a good way to put a nice little seal on what might have had a rocky finish right but was otherwise like a really important thing in tv culture which was game of thrones and yeah. he was the series favorite probably mm-hmm. uh i can't decide if he's like just super dry and the best or if he's probably a big jerk uh, yeah i think he's a big jerk i think he might be and i think when he cursed on stage and said i don't care i don't work there anymore like yeah be a professional a little bit yeah. i kind of didn't like him i kind of was like oh you're not really doing it for me mm-hmm. no i i've always kind of had that vibe yeah yeah. I told you about the time I saw Peter Dinklage in Halifax. Yeah. I've talked about it on the podcast so many times. <laughs> yeah. I just can't. It was, it was the funniest image. Where was it again? Pizza Corner. It was Pizza. I was going to say, was this at Pizza Corner? He was with two honeys. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's always how I describe it, too. Love it. Uh, Jodie Comer from Killing Eve won uh, Best Actress in a Drama, which is like, that's a hefty award. 
Big award. For not really a household name. No. And I'm sure she's good in that show. Yes. But if it was going to go to Killing Eve, and by the way, this is by proxy another Phoebe win, um, I kind of thought it would be Sandra Oh, who was nominated against her and couldn't have been a bigger champion for Jodie Comer, by the way. It was right. really nice. She's great. But it's a good category. Amelia Clark was never going to win. Viola Davis was never going to win. Uh, Laura Linney was never going to win. Mandy Moore was never going to win. It was always going to be somebody from Killing Eve. Yeah. And I'm surprised it went to Jodie Comer. Right. Well, she's got, she plays some really uh, complicated emotions in that. So you are watching that? Um, No, I'm still like, I'm still not back into it. But from what I see, you know, she plays an absolute sociopath with some feelings about certain things. Right. Just like, seems like a very interesting, she makes some interesting choices. Okay. I like her. I think she's cool. I thought it was yeah. sweet what she said about how she didn't invite her friends to, or her parents to the Emmys because she didn't think it was her time yet. Yeah, right. And uh, Billy Porter won Best Actor for uh, Pose mm-hmm. over, I mean, again, it was kind of a, a lock. Like, I, I knew it wasn't going to be Milo Ventimiglia. I guess it could have been Bob Odenkirk yeah. or Sterling K. Brown or Jason Bateman. Any one of those three guys, like, they've won it before. Yeah. Um, not Kit Harrington. And then Best Drama Series went to game of thrones which again i think is the right call i think i think that if you think otherwise you're letting your feelings about the final season get in the way Mm -hmm. i actually didn't mind the final season and there are few bigger cultural culturally impactful things in television history than game of thrones right it would be silly not to give it that award yeah yeah it was yeah that was that was one of the you know all right, we we need to pay the show its its due. Right. I'm sure it probably didn't win in the first year, and it could have easily. I'd like to clarify. There's lots of people tweeting about why, um, like Bram Stark and Samuel Tarly were not on stage when they brought out the full cast of Game of Thrones, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. They only brought out nominees. Oh, gotcha. And so it was a little confusing for people. Like they they did weirdly say, and now here's the cast of Game of Thrones, and they show in the audience a couple of like major characters in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there just happen to be so many actors in Game of Thrones who are nominated this year. Right. That Gwendolyn Christie is huge. Yes, she, she sure looked is. wild next to Amelia Clark. I was gonna make a joke about uh, the guy who played Bran being like, "Why do you think I came all this way?" <laughs> <laughs> Overall, pretty good Emmys. Pretty fair Emmys. I remember not feeling that way last year. Yeah. And I didn't feel that way after last year's Golden Globes either, in particular because of Michael Douglas and the Kaminsky Method. Right. Which didn't happen, which I didn't think it would. Yeah. He was the last person on stage, though. He's like, good night, everybody. (laughs) Which is fine. He can have that. That's fine with me. Yeah. And so this kicks off award season. Uh So now there's a bunch of little tiny award shows over the next few months, and Mm -hmm. it's bookended by the Emmys and the Oscars. And do we know about... Any other hosts of anything else right now? No, but I'll be surprised if they don't go hostless again for the Oscars. Yeah. I think I, I I don't think it'll be forever, so I'm not really that worried. I'm in the camp that they should bring it back as soon as possible. I like a host. Sure. Um, but no, I think for a couple of years they'll go without. Yeah. And whatever. That's fine. I admit that with the exception of a few politically motivated acceptance speeches, um, I like that it's mostly a Trump free night. Like yeah. when, when Trump was first being the worst, uh, like Meryl Streep said something during her um, Golden Globes acceptance speech. And that like really mattered. But it just remember it created like all yeah. of this, like Trump had to come back and like respond to it. And then yeah, Jimmy Kimmel no- like did like a meta commentary in his next Oscar speech about how surely the president's watching. And so let's talk to the president live right. on TV. Yeah. And it's just like, not everything has to be about him. And right. I, and I like that they are making that, that proactive choice. Yeah. They didn't do a lot of that last night. No, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think really... there was a, 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 
I don't think there was one actor who said, except uh, the shithole country comment by the succession director. Yeah, he was a writer. 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 Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Obviously, it was met with a lot of applause, but. That's another thing Thomas Lennon commented. He commented on how, like, succession is essentially about the the family that runs Fox and the show is being broadcast on Fox. And then. And he says, uh, and I about the family who's paying me to be here right now and i'm right. so so Murdoch thankful family. to them yeah yeah and he said i'm so so thankful to them and i hope my family's okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna start watching succession it's crazy that i haven't started i know i know i made it i was going to do it this weekend but i realized uh there was just weird cable time i also haven't had an opportunity to watch any more unbelievable but i still want to oh unbelievable who sings that song I don't know. It's like some weird, like one hit wonder like kind 90s of thing. one hit wonder. Yeah, sure. It's not. It's not like Len or no, O-Town or... <laughs> no. <laughs> O-Town would be amazing. <laughs> no, it's like some band called like, like, like Toad like, the Wet Sprocket or one of those. Bands. Sure, it's like yeah, it's like four four legs spin doctors, four legs one of those spin doctors. Yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. Right. So as if I don't have enough creative projects, I think I want to start an all Tom Hanks blog on my website. On your website? Yeah, I don't want to do any more podcasts any, than I already do. Sure. But I I own ColinSweets.com and I never use it. And I I like the idea of writing movie reviews, even though I have no like film education. Sure. I just like writing about movies because I care about them. And so I think I'm just going to review every Tom Hanks movie until I get bored. Okay. And <laughs> call, go to ColinSweets.com for every Tom Hanks movie. Yeah, well, review. just like give me some time to like work on it here. Sure. To 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 percolate a little bit. But I love Tom Hanks and there's and there's some like essential Tom Hanks movies that I actually haven't seen which is stupid. And so this is an opportunity to check them all out the way. Sure. Would would you watch it in chronological order? No, I would not. I've thought about that. You would watch it maybe in order of best to worst? Uh, no. Uh, I think you just like pick them as you go. You maybe pick them seasonally appropriate, but try and people keep people guessing so they see, oh, what did Colin review this week? Oh, it was big. I love big. Well, give us a preview. What do you think the first movie you would do is? I'm inclined, like- to, I'm inclined to pick Castaway first. I think huh. just because I haven't seen Castaway in such a long time. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the essential performance pieces. Yeah. It's, it's also strictly Tom Hanks. You can branch off yeah. and talk about movies at large later on, but it's like such a Tom Hanks thing. Well, he co-starring I, Wilson. Yeah, I was gonna say, right? A good co-host, good co-host. Yeah, co-star. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's delivering monologues. <laughs> well, according to Tom Hanks's character, he is. Yeah. Did this podcast work? Do you think this was a, an effective episode? I think it was good. I think it was okay. okay. I'm gonna put it out immediately. Yeah, you should. Yeah, to keep it relevant. I think this was. Uh, you know, we tried something new. And uh, and we liked it. I want to thank you for watching the entire broadcast. It's hey. not normally your thing to watch a three-hour award show. I know you watch a little bits and pieces. Not necessarily. Um, I've definitely done it before. Yeah. Sometimes I'll just check out the highlights. But I had the uh, forethought to record everything last night. How did football go yesterday? Football was okay. I didn't win um, any money. Oh. Um, a big fantasy football trade I met made went completely south and uh, the impact it's had on my psyche is unfortunate so you lost money is what you're saying yeah i lost yeah sure just like little bets <laughs> lost money on that that's fine but fantasy football i'm it's like a, a 18 week project or a 16 week project oh so, i see so i i also and and you have bragging rights with friends on that so right try to try to do well on that but a man in las vegas made an 89 cent 20 team parlay okay and if that's 20 predictions 
20 predictions. Okay. 19 of them are correct. Wow. And if the 20th bet hits tonight, if Washington, if the Washington uh, R words win outright. <laughs> Is that what people say? The R words? No, I don't think so. I okay. think they say. Like, I like that though. They just say like. The Reds or. No, it's another team. They'll, some people call them the dead skins. Oh, okay. Uh, what if you just said skins? You know, that's skin. still kind of weird. <laughs> it's a little weird. Yeah. But uh, they, uh, he will win $499,000 if they win. And they're kind of a long shot to win. Wow. On an well, 89 cent bet. Okay, but he's what's he going to win anyway? Like, he's still going to win lots of money, no, right? No. no oh, no, no. No, 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 no. So everybody's rooting for him. But here's the thing. There are sites where you can sell your potential winning ticket. Right. So he could sell that probably for like hundred grand. A hundred grand. He should. I think I would do it. Yeah. Like knowing the odds of that happening. It would be so tempting. And it would but the other thing is it would crush you if you lost. Or or it would be like the greatest decision you've ever made, I guess. I think it would and it would like I would be freaked out for the person I sold it to. Yeah. Oh my God, that guy just paid me a hundred grand. He's gonna kill me. And then Yeah. But or he's just so rich. He must be so rich. Yeah, he can just shell out a hundred so, grand. So so rich. Yeah. yeah. Or he's playing in this high stakes of a gambling arena. He knows what he's gotten himself into. Yeah. He's not going to be like, oh fuck, no tradesies. I mean, I would, I would sell. I, I think at that point, a hundred grand is still life changing. It is. Yeah. It's almost inconceivable. What five hundred? It's, it's less of a good story though. Oh, for sure. It's less of a good story. But in that moment, what are you going to say? Uh, no, I know. I, you don't do things for the story. But the like, story would be better. Even if, I... if you lose, the story is better than taking the plea or the, the plea, taking the taking the hundred grand. I don't know. The thought the thought of not having anything. No, it's a tragedy, but it's still a better story. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. You got me thinking. What do you think Will Smith would do? I actually have Will Smith stuff to say you do okay well so clear the floor i googled will smith and it turns out will smith so you know that jada has this like internet talk show called the red table talk show or something like that yeah where she like she and her mother and willow and whomever else like just like talk about issues around a red mm -hmm. table and so will smith uh he called an emergency full family red table meeting and so when will smith calls a meeting like his first son, Trey Smith, shows up. Like, everybody's there. Because <laughs> it's Will Smith who called this emergency meeting. And they're all, like, playing it up. Like, it's a big, like, nerve-wracking thing. Like, what could Will want? I don't even know. It's it's reality TV. It's really brutal. Um, and so, basically, his announcement is that recently he weighed himself and he weighed more than he's ever weighed. So, oh, they went on a family God. vacation and he got a little too into the muffins that the personal chef was making. He ate like four muffins a day. And he maxed it out at 225, which is two pounds heavier than he was when he was making Ali. Okay. He never weighed so much. And so his family started calling him uh, Pudge Muffin. <laughs> okay. And so they had this whole hour-long discussion, I think it was a half an hour, about um, how you can have a toxic relationship with food, even if you like food and you consume food for joy. How it can still be negatively impactful on your life and i sat there and i watched the full 30 minute chat and i didn't hate it i was gonna say are you, and you're a better person for it i kind of was i kind of found it to be kind of eye-opening because they talk about how we emotionally emotionally eat 
or don't eat, which I'm guilty of. Uh-huh. And they talk they talk about friggin' IBS. They talk about like bowel movements. About like the the brain gut connection. Do they get into that at all? They t- absolutely. They talk nice. they get really nitty nitty gritty. They talk about like bowel movement frequency. Like they go around the table. I can tell you everyone in the Will Smith family's bowel movement frequency. And is it can okay, first of all, do. Okay, well so like so like Willow, sometimes three times a day. Good for her. To which I would have guessed that. To which Will is like, "Whoa, I have never done it more than once in a day." <laughs> no, what? Yeah, what an and insane person. And they're like, "Oh, I don't think I've done it more than once in a day, unless I was sick." Seriously? Yeah, unless I was like, unless I like had like diarrhea or something. All right. Well, this is a different part of. But this is this talk, is the but... thing. Like, and I don't trust Will Smith, but I heavily related to almost everything he said about himself. Really? Which, in spite of everything we've said about Will Smith over 133 episodes of this podcast, I found kind of comforting to you, be like, Will Smith too, you're man. Getting closer to trusting Will Smith. Uh, He's got you in his trap. I've had lots in common with people I wouldn't trust. I don't trust myself for Christ's sake. That's true. That's true. Never trust yourself. Never trust Colin Sweets. <laughs> and and if you need somebody to poop twice, never trust Will Smith. Don't trust. Yeah. If you're like in some sort of MacGyver-like situation. <laughs> Will, and, we need and more. And it's a thing. We need more. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> I wish my daughter Willow was here. <laughs> or anyone else in the family, by the way. Yeah. He goes into a big diatribe about this. Yes. Would you believe? Really? Five seconds, Will. Oh, my God. Anyway, so, uh... (laughs) (laughs) Emmys! I I think we had it a second ago. The Emmys were pretty good. Never trust Will Smith. (laughs) Never trust Will Smith. (laughs) 